At this time, we would like to re uh, release our children to Children's Church. Um, that is age, whatever you are in here now, all the way to second grade, I believe. So we would invite you guys to follow Miss Liz out the door and uh, head on to your time of getting in the word. Let them all file out. My son actually stayed put this time. Last Sunday, I just watched him go right out the door and right down the hall and around the corner. Who's getting snapped at? I think my son hasn't even left the room yet. Oh, my goodness. Joseph and I are looting. Let's go. I've never met a boy that could run everywhere he goes and still be the last one to get somewhere. You know those, do you guys remember those family circus that you'd have on Sunday where the boy, you'd have the, all the things he did? I live that every day of my life right now. So, but I wouldn't trade him for anything. Our message today is called Keep It Simple. And, uh, you know, there's something about not being prepared that is a very, very stressful thing. I like to be prepared. Uh, Philip and I disagree on this matter, so, so he may not quite uh, get this, but the, the idea, Philip, when, I, when I, we are planning something, I like to know all the details and the contingencies planned. But when Philip and I have to do something together, more often than not, he'll look at me and go, No, <laughs> because I like to plan. In fact, if I was honest, if there's one, when I am stressed out, when I am stressed out, you know, and you, and you go to bed at night and you're stressed, you have something going on, you tend to dream kind of wild dreams, right? You kind of have those wild dreams. And for me, those wild dreams always seem to be, especially at this point in my life, very similar because they almost always take place here, here at the church. And almost without fail, something is about to go down here at the church, and I am not ready for it. It could be Sunday morning worship. It could be a Wednesday night Bible study. It could be a funeral or a revival service or something is going on in this church. And I come to the realization that whatever is happening in this church, in my dream, I am not prepared for Now, being not prepared can obviously take on a, a variety of things. For instance, I could be moments away from, from speaking at a funeral and I'm still in my pajamas or some other thing in jeans, t-shirt. Sometimes it means that I am not ready with uh, my message that I didn't even know this was going on at the church on this day. And I show up and walk in the door and I'm in jeans and a t-shirt or, or, or in a ball cap and who knows what. And Joe looks at me and he goes, well, are you ready? And I go, what's going on? And we're about to, to go right into service. I find myself running around the entire church building trying to find the things I need. Find a Bible, find a piece of paper, um, find pants, whatever it might be in order to go up on stage and um, do whatever I am supposed to be doing. The dreams usually end right about that moment where the time is up and I am still not ready. And I wake up. And my heart is beating and I am, am relieved to find out that I am still in my bed and I am uh, not about to preach a sermon and things are all well with the world. 
All of those dreams remind me of the, the, the need to be prepared and how scary it is to be unprepared. If you are like me, and I bet to some degree you are, maybe not to the degree that I am, going into a situation where you are unprepared, don't know what you're going to say, and don't know what you're going to do can be very scary. In fact, it may be something that leads you to say, I'm not going. And instead of showing up for fear of, of having to talk or not being prepared, you would rather stay home where it is safe and comfortable. In just one week, we are going to load up our vehicles, go throughout our community to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ as we prayer walk and take advantage of the divine appointments that God is going to have for us. If you are someone who does not share your faith regularly, that is not part of your day-to-day -day conversation to just talk to people about Jesus, I have no doubt that that idea is terrifying. And you would probably want to do anything else in the world than go up and talk to strangers about Jesus. So today, we are going to prepare you. We are going to give you the tools that you need. We are going to give you what you need to have in order to share Christ with people so that at the very least, while it may still be terrifying, and I understand that, at least you will have enough of an understanding and something to take with you that will help you to share Christ with people. We want it to be something simple. We don't want to show you how to give a 30-minute sermon when you only may have three minutes of attention. And so we're going to go to a verse that you probably already know, that you probably already have memorized, whether you realize it or not. And it's a verse that you can use to share Christ with others. Because I don't think it gets much more simpler or much more well-known than John 3.16. Allow me to read that again as we read it earlier today. And it reads, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. You may ask the question, how can I use just one verse to share Jesus with people? And rest assured, I'm going to probably introduce more passages into our conversation today, but you don't need to include those. You just need to bring John 3.16 to the table. And in doing so, you will give someone all that they need to respond to the gospel. As I show you how to do this today, I want to encourage you not only to, to follow along on the cards that were given to you, but there are also cards in the back that you can take with you as well. But also, if you are with us today and, and you have not made a professional faith, you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, we would encourage you just listen. Listen to the gospel and ask yourself, does this make sense? And am I ready to make a decision today? So picture for just a moment that you have agreed to, to go and to deliver bags. What we are going to be doing is taking bags that have information about our church and, and various ways that someone can hear about the gospel through cards and, and videos and DVDs and, and short little, little tracks. And we're going to go all over our community. In fact, we have, we have almost 4,000 homes in our area that we want to reach for the gospel. 
And as we go out and we are delivering those and say it is a week from today, Sunday afternoon, it is a beautiful day. And guess what that means? On a beautiful day, people are out. They're mowing their yard. They're working on their flower bed. They're washing their car. They're playing with their kids in, in the driveway or, or on the sidewalk or in the yard. And as you are walking and you are handing out those bags and you're hanging those from the doors of the homes where people are not out, you walk into up to a house and there is a man or a woman outside doing whatever you would do on a Sunday afternoon. We'll walk up to them and say something along the lines of, Hey, my name is Josh Luton and I'm from Tunnel Hill Baptist Church. And we're going around the neighborhood and we are prayer walking and just praying for the people that live around our church. And we want to pray for you. And I wanted to know, how could I pray for you today? Now, I'll tell you, believe it or not, most people will have an answer to that question. In fact, I give you a dare today. If you plan to go out to a restaurant today, and that restaurant is going to have a waiter or waitress that comes to your table to take your orders, I, give, I dare you today, as you get your food, as they deliver the food to your table, before they leave off, stop and say, hey, we're going to pray for our food. How could we pray for you today? And just see how that waiter or waitress responds. Nine times out of ten, 95 times out of 100, they will answer you. And they will tell you how you can pray for them today. And sometimes... They'll stay and pray with you. And so you may ask them how you can pray, and, and Lord willing, they'll give you a response. Maybe they won't, and that's all right. And as you get that, you can pray with them in that moment, or you can wait to the end of the conversation, and then you could go on by saying this. Could I ask you if you have a church home? Or just where you are in your faith? And they may say, I go to Southeast Christian. They may say, I go to Northside Baptist Church. They may say, I go to Calvary Assembly of God. Ironically, they may say, I go to Tunnel Hill Baptist Church. And you'll go, oh, yeah? Cool. Me too. But they may also say, well, I don't really go anywhere right now. Or they may say, you know, I've never really gone to church, and I don't really know that much about it. Or they may say, I've never really been a church person. And then we would say something like this. Can I share with you today what it means to have a relationship with God? It's a simple question. It is asking permission. Can I share with you today what it means to have a relationship with God. And for a moment, let's be honest, what is the worst thing they can say? No. And if they tell you no, say, I, I understand. I'm just going to leave this bag here. And if you ever, and if you get a chance, look through it. And, ho and if you need anything, you'll, it'll tell us how to get a hold of us. And you set the bag down next to whatever they're doing on their car or their lawnmower or, or playing with their kids and just say, have a great day, and you move on. And you may not have gotten to share the gospel with them, but you left them with everything they needed to know Christ. But what if they say, sure, 
Or even if they look at their watch and say, if you can make it quick, what do you do? Well, that's where John 3.16 comes in. And in those wonderful days where you will say, can I share with you real quick about what it means to have a relationship with God or how to have a relationship with God, we would begin by saying, the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And that tells us everything we need to know about having a relationship with God. The first thing it tells us is that God loves us. And even more specifically, that God loves you. Now, you can just end it right there. And you can say, this verse says right off the bat that God loves you, that he wants to have a relationship with you. Even if you don't really know him, and even if you've never really put thought into a relationship with God, rest assured, God has thought about you. And he knows you, and he loves you, and he wants a relationship with you. Even if you have messed things up and you think that there's no way that God could want a relationship with you, rest assured, God wants a relationship with you. In fact, it really doesn't matter how much you've messed up at all. You could have done the worst thing in the world and you could think you are the worst person in the world and God still wants a relationship with you. We see this elsewhere in Scripture in Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 4. It says this, But God, being rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our wrongdoings, He has made us alive with Christ, for by grace you have been saved. Think about that for just a moment. Think about how great a way it is to just start the conversation with that. Can I share you with just a little bit about what it means to have a relationship with God? Yeah, sure, make it snappy. Okay, first thing, John 3, 16 said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. What the first thing I want you to understand about this passage is God loves you. And he loves you no matter how much you even love yourself. In a day and age where everybody feels so isolated and so distant and is craving some sort of interaction and knowing that they matter in the world, you get to lead off with the statement, God knows you and he loves you. No matter what. Hopefully, if the Spirit is at work, that will whet their appetite to know more. And that leads us to our next point. Not only do we see first that God loves us, but we see in this passage that Christ died for us. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. What it means by this passage is that God gave up his Son to take our place. We read about this in 1 Corinthians 15. Again, you don't need to know this to share the gospel, but it helps us to understand what's being said. It says, For I handed to you of first importance that which I received, from that, that which I received, that Christ died for your sins, specifically for our sins according to the Scriptures, 
that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty of sin for all. We might take a moment to explain what sin is here, since if you have nothing to do with church, you might not use that word a lot outside of maybe in joking. And so you're going to share with them. Jesus died. This passage says that he gave his one and only son, and that means he gave him as a sacrifice for your sin. Sin is doing what you want to do, when you want to do it, how you want to do it, and ignoring what God wants for you. And just like someone paying the fine for a crime committed in a courtroom, Jesus paid with his life by dying on the cross. But he also rose from the grave three days later so that we could have eternal life through him. This is what it means in John 3.16 where it says, so that we would not perish but have eternal life. So now in just... The, the first part of this verse, we've said what you need to know is first that God loves you and that that love meant that he sent his son to die on the cross for your sins and that he rose from the grave three days later. This leads us to our last point. We know that God loves you. We know that Jesus died for you and for your sins. And lastly, that salvation is available to you. See, just like any gift, we have to receive it. We have to take the gift as it, as it is given to us. John 3.16 says it this way, that everyone who believes will not perish but have eternal life. The Bible puts this exact same idea in another way, in a different passage, one that we have read quite a bit over the last few months saying that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. This is Romans 10, 9. That's what it means to receive a gift. And if we're really honest with ourselves today, any gift is that way. Whether it is your birthday or we're coming close to graduation and some people are going to be graduating or, or moving on and you receive a gift, always that gift is something that someone gives to you and that you have to take. If I show up and I offer you a, a gift, my daughter in the corner over there is getting ready to graduate elementary school. And if I go up to her and say, Audrey, I got you this gift. And I hand it to her. My daughter has to look at me and look at that beautiful gift wrapped up in, in paper and ribbons and all that stuff. And the first thing she's going to have to do is she's going to have to believe that I'm actually giving her that gift. That because she is my daughter and because I love her, I have bought her something. I'm giving something to her and that there are no strings attached to it. That I'm not going to pull a Lucy with Charlie Brown and immediately swing it out from underneath her. She has to believe that because I love her, I have provided this gift. And once she believes that, and hopefully, and knowing Audrey, it's not going to take too long for her to believe that. She's going to have to reach out and she's going to have to take that gift from my hands. And once that gift is in her hand, she can open it up, she can pull out whatever's inside, use it, play with it, whatever it might be. 
The Bible says the same thing about salvation. First, we have to believe. The person that we're talking to, they have to believe. We have to say that Jesus died and rose from the grave. And, and do you believe this? Do you believe that Jesus, that there is a God in heaven, that he does love you, that he did send his one and only son to die on the cross for your sins? Do you believe it, that he rose from the grave? And if they say yes, then we say, then what is preventing you? from confessing Jesus as Lord today. See, that's what it means to reach out and to take that gift. Is when we, what the Bible says in Romans 10, 9, when we confess Jesus as Lord, when we make Jesus the Lord of our life. And they may say, well, I want to hear a little bit more about it. I want to know a little bit more. Well, this is the first time I've ever heard anything. I'm not ready to make a decision yet. And guys, that's okay. We can say, I totally understand. I want to give you this bag. And in this bag, there's a lot of information about Jesus. It explains, some of it in here will explain it a little bit better. You can go to a, a, there's a QR code on here that you can scan and it'll take you to a video from our pastor that will tell you all that you need to know about making Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. There's a movie in here about Jesus that if you really want to know who Jesus is, you can watch that movie and meet and kind of meet Jesus face to face. It's not really Jesus, it's an actor, but. And there's ways that you can connect with our church in here. Because if you want to get to know Jesus, coming to church with us would be a great place to start. And then you can say, can I pray with you? And then you can pray for those things that you talked about. And you can pray that they might look further into the gospel. Because if those who seek the Lord will find him. And then you can move on to the next house. Maybe they say, I'm not interested at all. And you sound crazy. Then you say, thank you for your time. I'm going to go ahead and leave this bag. And if there's anything that you think I might have explained wrong, I would encourage you to check out this bag. And there's a lot more information about Jesus, making Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. There's videos, there's pamphlets, stuff you can read, stuff you can watch. And I'd encourage you to check it out. And if you want, come by Tunnel Hill Baptist Church and we'd love to talk with you more about it. And then you move on. But what if they say yes? What if one in a hundred houses you go to, someone says yes? Well, that's pretty exciting. And then if you have that, that card with you or you can pick up one of those cards um, at the back, they have a prayer that you can pray. And if you say, is there anything keeping you from, if you believe on Jesus, is there anything preventing you from, from uh, making him the Lord of your life today? And if they say, no, I can't see what it would possibly be. In fact, I've been thinking about this before. In fact, before you ever got here, I've been asking these kind of questions and I'm so glad you came. Now, I might be laying it on thick. But you never know. You can say, hey. And those cards that you have in your hand or those cards you can pick up on the way out door, you can flip that over and say, would you like to pray with me today to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior? And it doesn't have to sound fancy. 
In fact, some of you have prayed with me over the phone or in person, and you've seen me stumble over my words as I talk to God and, and, and ask for those very things. Because it's not what we say or how we say it. It's the fact that we are using our mouth to say, Jesus, I need you. That I am a sinner. That I need saving. And that I believe that Jesus Christ saved me from my sins. And that he rose from the grave three days later. That I might have eternal life. And I believe that in my heart. And I am confessing that with my mouth. And when we read that little card. And we say those things and that person comes to know Christ. And they believe right there in that moment. Then we rejoice with them. And we let everybody in this church know what's happened. And then, then we get to hand them that card, that bag and say, Hey, there's a lot more great information in here about what it means to have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I would like to personally invite you to come to church with us at Tunnel Hill Baptist Church so that you and I can get into the Word together and walk with Jesus for the rest of our lives. And then, when they come here, you look for them. And when they darken those doors, you say, I am so glad you're here. Come sit with me and let's worship God together. Guys, I want to put this in perspective one more time. When we go out, there's roughly about 3,900 homes, homes, not individuals, homes that we are going to deliver one of these bags to. If one in 100 of them, if one in 100 of them is outside, that's 39 people that we have the opportunity to share the Christ with. If one in five of them lets us share Christ with them, that's eight people that are going to hear the gospel. If half of those people receive Christ as their Lord and Savior, then by our efforts, four people will pass from, life, pass from death into eternal life. Is that worth it? Absolutely. What if in those of those 99 homes that we pass and we hang the door on, someone in there has been looking and longing for hope? And they open up that thing and they begin to read that there is a God who loves them and wants a relationship with them. And that happens through faith in Christ Jesus. And they say, this is exactly what I've need, needed. And they watch a video or they go online and they see the gospel and they connect with our church. And they, they come to us and they say, hey, you get left something on my doorstep and I want to know Jesus. And they come to know Christ. And even if they call up their friend and their friend says, well, I go to Northside Baptist Church. Come with me. Is that still worth it? Yeah. We can do this. And it doesn't have to be fancy. And it doesn't have to be complicated. We can go out with a bag and a Bible verse. And we can see our community change for Christ. Now the question may be, is it worth it? And the answer is yes. And so we are going to take every, every chance we get over the next two months, longer if necessary, to get the gospel to every home.
And we're going to do so because we believe that the gospel is the power of salvation to all who believe. And the only way they're going to believe is if they hear it. And God may have already appointed for someone to hear it from you. I heard a quote this last week that I love and has stuck with me, and it said this, Everybody is open to the gospel some of the time. And somebody is open to the gospel right now. So let's go share. Let us pray. Our gracious God and King, Lord, we come before you now. And first, we just want to begin, Lord, if there is anyone in this room who does not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I pray that they are hearing the words that we have spoke today and that they are pondering making a decision for Christ. Lord, I pray that they will look at what it says in John 3, 16, and they'll recognize that there is, in fact, a God who loves them. Lord, I pray that they've even experienced that love in this room today. And God, because you are a God who loves them, that you sent your one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to die for their sins, and that he rose from the grave three days later. Lord, I pray that they can see the truth of that statement on the faces of everyone in this room and from the scriptures that we read. And God, I pray that they have heard that that whosoever believes in Jesus Christ will be saved, that they will not perish, but they will have everlasting life. And God, I pray that today, even as we speak, that they are crying out to you and they're saying, God, I am a sinner and that I need saving. That God, I believe that you sent your only son, Jesus Christ, who lived a perfect life, who died on the cross for me, and who rose from the grave three days later. And God, I am confessing him as my Lord and my Savior. And God, that I believe through Christ that you have and that you will save me from my sins. And that I am giving my life to you. God, we ask these things in the precious name of Christ Jesus. And God, we pray that you will stir up all of our hearts to see the gospel get to every home in our community. God, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.